This broadcast is intended for a mature audience so that I can swear. You're listening to The Red Hour, a Star Trek podcast with Rusi Offenron Kapadia and Colin Harcourt Fenton Mud Campbell. Hey, Campbell, it's Rusi. Hey, Rusi. How's it going? It's been a long enough time since we've done this. This is true. So uh, tonight we watched an episode. This is also true. What was the episode called? It was called Spectre of the Gun, Rusi. That's correct. Um, was it a good episode? Uh, well, that's, uh, that's, that's an interesting question. Uh, my answers, uh, predictably, are, uh, are somewhat complicated. All right, and, uh, all, right, all right, easy, easy. <laughs> uh, okay, let's start with the synopsis of this one. Okay. So it's season three. Uh-huh. Um, the, uh, the crew are trying to make contact with some uh, species, which apparently they know about, but no one has successfully made contact with. Uh-huh. Much like the Spragabop from TNG. Uh, Shellyak. Oh yeah, right, right, right. That uh, that that alien whose thing is uh, they they sit in entirely dark rooms all the time yeah. to save on special effects. Actually, that was it was a, it was successful because it made me think like, oh, that's cool. Anyway, um, so like the Shellyak, the, these Melkosians, uh, they don't want to be contacted, they don't want to be bothered, but uh, and they leave a boy saying, "Don't bother us, don't contact us." Uh-huh. And uh, the crew presses ahead, which is a little bit weird, just because and stupid. Well, a little bit unwise, but it's just odd because uh, in all in a lot of other interactions with with other species, they, they they push, but then they ultimately respect that species like sort of desire. Uh-huh. You know, for instance, when they wanted the dilithium crystals from those guys in uh, the uh, Mirror Mirror episode, um, they were like, like, come on, come on, join us. We'll give you this. We'll give you that. Same with those. And then when uh, the dude said no, they were like, okay, fine. Let's exactly. Go. Okay, fine. We'll go. Same with the guys who did the. Um, remember the uh, the guys who wore those funny hats. Uh, the um, you know, James, Leonard James Akaar, those guys. Anyway, the, you know, when they, um, you know, the, the guys at the boomerangs. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, yeah. yeah. Uh, those guys also, they were like, come on, come on, uh, you know, make deals with us. And they were pushy, but ultimately they respected the their wishes. So in this, this was, case, the, the, this, in this case, this was an like, instance no. where uh, the, the crew of the Enterprise were given specific instructions by the aliens and, like, chose to disregard it and, like, yeah. just power, power through. Yeah, yeah. I kind of like, like to feel that there's a little bit more realism in uh, the the original series version of the federation in that it's, i do not well you know it's sort of like they have like rules they respect other cultures but if there's like a military requirement for something or like a, a, a like a major need for something they push the the rules i mean i i understand what you're saying but i i, I personally well, disagree with your assessment but uh, but uh, but uh, <laughs> okay anyway so fine. so fine so anyway so they so they they they, they ignore this boy uh, they go to the planet um, and, um, yeah, they, they cut out a bunch of scenes that we normally see, which is, you know, the away team, you know, congregating in the uh, transporter room. Nobody cares about that. Nobody cares about that. So they just jumped straight into it and they don't even show, do the sparkly thing, you know, when they're sparkly sparkling. thing. Yeah. You know, they can't go, they can't do nothing until they're through sparkling. <laughs> the transporting. Okay. All right. Sorry. Why don't you just, anyway. Uh, Cause I was quoting from fucking, um, a piece of the action. Uh, but anyway, what I'm saying is uh, that they, they didn't do the sparkling thing. They just sort of like show them in a mist, you know, covered, uh, well, whatever, like in the depths of mist. Um, and then you, and then they find out uh, that or they see that there's this floating head uh, in front of them. Uh, but I, what, what I prefer about this floating head is it's not just like a, you know, like a, a ghostly image of a face or pure energy. It's like some weird... Um, it's like the head of a of a worm or something, except rock formed and with two uh, LED eyes. Anyway, you know, just a little bit more interesting. It looks than, weird. It looks weird. A yeah. little more interesting than the, than your sort of like go to um, energy being. Yeah, it's slightly more. And it gets to make it onto a very short list that you and I have created of uh, non non-human humanoid aliens. aliens. 
and it blows, you know, continues this series to blow blow away anyone any other fucking uh, science fiction series. Well, easy there. Don't, uh, don't except oh actually except for stop s- making such crazy claims. Okay, fine, fine. But okay, Star Wars uh, just for, for Mos Eisley alone. Yeah. If it hadn't been for Mos Eisley. It got, it got Star Trek beat in that one scene. Yeah, that one scene. But if it hadn't been for that one scene, you know, ninety nine percent of the rest of that well, there's also. Um, there are a few aliens in in the, the the fleet. Okay, we're we're getting hung up on details, but uh, carry on with the uh, yeah. Synopsis. So anyway, so 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 the uh, this 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 head tells them that uh, they disobeyed. They were disobedient. It they was Kirk's, up. It was Kirk's disobedience. So his his history will be the pattern of their death. A weird phraseology, but kind of cool. Kind of like what Gozer did in Ghostbusters. Yeah, I'm not familiar. Oh, enough. sorry. I assume it's this movie from the '80s. It doesn't. All matter. right, fine. So uh, then they. Um, and then, uh, I, they, and then they do this uh, peculiar uh, method of, of showing the moving scene, which is that uh, they just they focus, zoom in, zoom they out. Zoom in, zoom out. I don't know. It's kind of not as good as some of the other ways of doing it. I prefer when they just go blink and they appear somewhere else. Or yeah, or the one. Um, but uh, anyway, they, they they appear and they're in they're in Tombstone, Arizona, in October something something in nineteen eighty. It doesn't matter. But ostensibly a day uh, before the OK the the, the, shoot, the, shootout, the shootout of the, the OK, okay Corral. Yeah. Um, and anyway, then they find out that they've been put into the roles of the Clantons. Clampets. Clantons. 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 Oh, Clantons. Okay, sorry. Um, I and, got uh, Beverly Hills yeah, confused. Yeah, and they're destined to be killed by the, um... Erps. Erps and that Doc Holliday. Um, anyway, so, uh, they go around and they, and they, and they try and figure out a way to, uh, to avoid this, uh, fate, uh, but they can't, ultimately, uh, until they realize that it's all an illusion, and so they just gotta concentrate on it being an illusion, and then, uh, the bulls can't harm them, and then they, uh, they appear back on the Enterprise, and the, uh, and the Melkosians are like, oh, you didn't kill... Come nice, and, nice work. Nice work. Come nice and, work come on not dying. Yeah, exactly. All right, Campbell. Now I guess we can. Now uh, we can get into the, the the heart of it. The meat. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, let's let's start maybe uh, with the uh, the title of the episode. What do you think? I mean, okay. Fine. No, 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 the t- no, no. The title no, of the episode no. is cool. Yes. Okay. Is that, is that what you wanted to say? Yeah. Yes, it is. Fine. Fine. Then. It was cool. <laughs> no, I like it because uh, obviously by the end of the episode they realize that uh, they only use the word once, but um, that that it's I guess. That the guns in their hands that at first feel so real are just specters, um, and uh, yeah, I don't know. It's it sort of sounds like a like a dream. I, I like it. It's a cool title. Or I think it's supposed to be ominous, as though like you know you're you're uh, you're you're afraid of the mere specter of the gun, as though you know it's like uh, it's it's the idea of the gun that's uh, that's that's putting fear into you. You know? Yeah, yeah. Okay, it's evocative. Yeah, agreed. Um, okay, now general sort of feelings on the episode. Uh, I mean, it's interesting, right? Because it's like, okay, I still, I still like the episode, and I still enjoy it. Essentially, every time I watch it, yeah. Like this time, I don't know if I was necessarily aware of like really liking it because I was, I was trying to be like as detached and objective about it as possible. But uh, so it's like it has the effect of you know me just treating it more clinically. Mm-hmm. But like, but but I know from past experience that I always enjoy this episode. But I'm also highly aware of how stupid it is like it is a stupid episode Campbell, and it's got on. massive plot holes but yeah. i still appreciate uh what it did and how it did it especially and and also uh, this thing we talk about a lot but this this is a hella star trekky episode this is star trekky as fuck and uh, that whole thing of like it, before you, you said that star trekky was basically they have to be it has to be in space and there has to be no not necessarily no anything anything that just evokes star trek in a way that nothing except for star trek could you know and and obviously being on like a weird surreal alien planet that's like a pseudo recreation of Earth. The the red sky is yeah. very is very uh, typical. Yeah. Okay. We okay. Let's describe the planet a bit uh, so as to put our viewers in the uh, some kind of weird hypothetical person that hasn't seen the episode. 
So, so when they find themselves in Tombstone, yeah, like you said, there's like uh, there's like a red, a, a red sky, sky background. It's similar to most planets they visit, except they have the facade of all the buildings in a regular Western town. That's true. It's like it's like it's like one fifth or one tenth or whatever of an old West town because it's just yeah, like but, 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 the, but, but, the, the but, fronts of buildings, but yeah. everything else is like sort of surreal and like yeah, like you said, facades. Anyway, let's let's clear the air, Campbell. What what is it that you don't like about this episode in terms of plot and uh, you you, you were. Indicating that there's some sort of flaws. Well, it was stupid. Just, yeah, I, I I think the uh, in terms of uh, the writing and uh, and how they contrive the plot and and the solutions they come up with, you know, like I I I I think ultimately uh, the way they dealt with the situation is interesting, but uh, overall I thought uh, the whole situation was stupid. I thought the way they got into the problem to begin with was stupid. I don't think it was realistic that after they got faced with this like warning boy, which tell them tells them in no uncertain terms what to do, and they're like, "What should we do? I don't know. Should we just like ignore no, it no. and just hey, like Campbell, power through?" The, the, I, I thought that's that a baby was lame. complaint. That's a baby complaint. No, I, mean, I think it's a valid complaint. No, because Campbell, it's easy because rational. like no, no, it's I don't think it is because like you were saying, you think uh, there was like some kind of military reason for them to press on. It was just purely diplomatic, and if their mission was diplomacy, it seems like they got a pretty clear answer. You know, Campbell, uh, in a war of of sight. Uh, Star Trek precedent between you and I who's gonna fucking win well obviously me but obviously you're gonna think you for some <laughs> All right, Campbell. you're totally deluded <laughs> but continue alright Campbell uh, uh, the um... anyway so obviously no, no, hold that's, on, hold the, on. that's the first thing I think no, is he, stupid here's a precedent uh, Jagass um, what about uh, the episode where uh, the uh, the computers um, a taste of Armageddon that one they were told multiple times not to come and contact that, that planet but they were given explicit orders, and that diplomat was like, "I must talk to, I must go to that planet and contact them." And so they did, and that's how the ship got destroyed by the computer, or at least you know, on in the computer game, it got it got destroyed. So they had to all had to be killed. Do you remember that? Uh, it's like precedent. Again, that's precedent. I, no, I think yeah. it's a different situation. What are you talking about? It's the exact same situation. There's a species that they want to contact who won't contact them, is being all, all mysterious, and they decide it's it's worthwhile to take a risk. Yeah, I mean, uh, obviously that's how you rationalize it, but uh, no, I, I don't think it's believable. Well, okay, let, let's assume that there's like some third person out there who's listening to us and... And they agree with you. No, I'm nodding because they agree with me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway, okay, so like I said, next... so, so the first thing, that, that was the first thing that I thought was stupid. So like, uh, you know, the fact that they went to the planet even though they shouldn't. And like, you know, as far as I'm concerned, you know, they, they deserve whatever they get. Well, I've already cited precedent, but go on. Okay, anyway, so, uh, so the second thing was the fact that uh, the alien, apart from presenting as like, you know, a glowing-eyed disembodied head in the, uh, in the fog. Which we both agree we liked. Yes, but prior to that, it was like very much similar to like the standard trope of like the disembodied energy being who somehow speaks telepathically with everyone and like you know is is pretty much you know par for the course you know well gamble like, at least they fucking mentioned it in any other iteration any other uh you know version of uh, of sci-fi uh everything just speaks english at least this time they're saying like oh i heard english i heard russian yeah I so for yeah so for one instance out of all of star trek they were able to like remember that oh so by the way other aliens uh, have different languages so you mean right. it's, it's the inconsistency that you dislike it's uh, partially the in- inconsistency partially the fact that uh it is still very close to to the the trope that we're familiar with because even though regardless of like the fact that we see the Melkotians at one point, one Melkotian, allegedly, maybe, uh, they still very much fit into the pattern that we are all uh, aware of. I'm going to stop you right there, Campbell. No, I'm I'm not going to let you because I'm just going to keep powering through. Because like they're clearly, like they have access to like uh, telepathy. They can scan deeply within our brains. uh, and, And they have basically, from our perspective, uh, unlimited or omnipotent abilities, and uh, they can basically do with you know with the crew whatever they want you know. So the crew is basically at their mercy. So it's like you know, apart from uh, they're worthwhile allies, is what you're saying. 
I, I wasn't saying that at all. I was just saying they're, Campbell, they're just I wasn't going to disagree with you. I wanted to stop you because Spock says at one point what a single Melkosian is called. Uh, the Melkot? Yeah. I, I don't... Yeah, but like... You, you didn't use the correct term. That's all. That's, I was just correcting you there. But they also said Melkosian. Um, that's true. So I don't. So I don't know what your damage is. So I mean, okay, okay you know. Uh, so obviously, there's. there's I just some like the fact that Spock schema. knows that they're called Melkots. Anyway, I, go ahead. Yeah. Anyway, all right. Uh, anyway, so it's like, uh, so, so, so you what, don't like the fact that they're sort of like disproportionately powerful compared to humans. Yeah. And, and, and like I said, I don't like the fact that how they got in the situation to begin with. And then further, uh, once they get into that situation, I don't like, uh, the eventual logic that Spock uses to extricate themselves from the situation, even though, you know, I can, uh, I can see why he came up with it. Okay. We should explain a bit. So, no, no, no. Just finish with your with your complaint, then we'll explain. All right. Okay. What I was gonna say was, uh, uh, so uh, the thing that they do uh, is uh, is through like a very half-assed process of like scientific experimentation, deduce that uh, the only thing uh, that's real on that planet is uh, whatever they think is real, and that uh, they're only really subject to to whatever fate that they uh, they think they'll be subjected to. Yeah. So essentially, you know, uh, they're they're vulnerable to death because they think they are. Yeah. And Chekhov was uh, shot and killed because he thought he was being shot and killed. No, but Campbell, it's perfectly reasoned because Spock doesn't say. I, I, he doesn't I disagree. Say, well, but he doesn't. If you say, let me finish. All right, fine. <laughs> and so yeah, so I mean, so the point is, Spock comes to this uh, this conclusion, and you know, obviously, in the end, it's uh, it's borne out, and uh, and they're able to basically like point through Spock. mind over matter. Uh, uh, escape the situation by through the usage of a mind meld. Yeah, uh, uh, he's able to to uh, give the rest of the crew the hundred percent conviction in the uh, knowledge of the situation that he has, yeah. and essentially make them immune to the effect of the bullets. Yes. which is fine. But except, I think his whole deduction to begin with was entirely flawed. Why? Because uh, in their attempts to develop uh, some kind of strategy for dealing with the herbs, yep. they go to the apothecary, they yeah, get all yeah, the supplies, they, they find they out that the physical grenade. laws don't work. Yeah, yeah, and 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 that's fine. Except that, like you know, when you got uh, when they when they when they fabricate and uh, and deploy this uh, this gas anesthetic grenade. gas grenade, yeah, they they do a test on uh, Scotty first, yeah. Uh, they from that deduce that like the the laws of the universe are crazy because like uh, Scotty doesn't get immediately yes, put yes, out. Yes, 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 yes. So my point is, a uh, why didn't he get uh, Scotty get put out? Because presumably he thought he was going to be put unconscious. Either he was just too drunk to realize that. And B, why did they jump to the immediate conclusion that uh, it's only uh, uh, well, it's, it's it's only mental effects rather than the ingredients that they thought we were that they were collecting weren't in fact those ingredients at all and were just completely randomly synthesized? You know. Okay. Well, first of all, Spock did not speak from, with absolute certainty. So, for instance, when he yeah, said, Dan, that, "Well, hold he on, hold on," pretty much did. Hold on. When he said when he when he talked about Chekhov, uh, Kirk was like, "The only reason Chekhov is dead is because he believed the bullets were real." Spock is like, well, we don't know if he's dead or not. The point is, you know, we know that the that this is all illusion, um, or at least that physical laws don't necessarily apply. That's so, all. That's all that Spock was saying. So now, exactly. There, there, so his hold conclusion, on, hold on. I think, was like it happened to be right in this case, but no, his but methodology reason, was flawed. No, I disagree. The reason the reason that the gas grenade didn't work on Scotty is because the aliens didn't want them to be able to, or the Melkosians didn't want them to be able to uh, science their way out of it. I mean, there were lots of things that aren't physically supposed to happen, like they got teleported you know, uh, to uh, to the OK Corral, there's a force field around the town and the insides of buildings are, you know, are much bigger than they appear from the outside, where the outside, they just appear like a facade. So there's many things that are... Are surreal. Surreal. 
But that wasn't the point. The point was that Spark saw it as, an, as a recreated world with certain rules. And then he saw that the rules were, were not, first of all, he, he realized that history what could be changed in this version. Okay, of that was the other thing. That was the other thing I don't like about it. They kept invoking the idea of history, and and that that, that well, because, didn't do because, me any good. Well, it was, just, it, was like, just, it was just a starting point. It's just that it's it was just, a lame starting point. No, because they. <laughs> all right. <laughs> Look, what I'm sorry, you know, because no, well, like when they find themselves Campbell, in that the, situation, no, the they're is, like. No, the point is they were given like a problem. They were put in a sort of game situation. And Spock reasoned out the rules of the game, and and it was it was I think it was logical, and he wasn't saying that I it's... disagree, and for the reasons that I've uh, stated, you know, I I think just on a purely scientific basis, uh, he shouldn't have come to those conclusions because he didn't have enough information to draw those conclusions. And it's like, what if they did live in a world where, uh, for whatever reason, the Melkotians uh, didn't make them uh, the the necessary uh, uh, means uh for them to manufacture and fabricate that thing what if they didn't uh, uh make them at their disposal but uh on the other hand uh had made the guns like you know uh somehow still completely lethal like regardless of whether or not you believed in whether or not they were they would be real right i think uh, spock's conclusion was an entirely uh it was was just an assumption basically okay 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 smart ass and well, okay, okay fine. it was well, it was correct in this instance no but, but, but come give on me, give as me, someone okay, who's familiar all right, all right all right give me another possible explanation Let's well, say that it was all real, that they really were in a, in a recreated uh, tombstone. Uh, how would you explain the fact that, that, that the, uh, the smoke grenade that they made well, didn't work? Well, I mean, like I'd said before, the fact that the ingredients were replicated only in appearance and uh, not replicated on like a chemical level, and so that there would no, there'll be no way that those ingredients when mixed would have that effect. I mean, that seems like fairly straightforward and extremely plausible. And not, uh, not, and, uh, not, not leaving aside, or uh, you know, not forgetting the fact that they established early on uh, that this weird-ass version of, uh, of Tombstone was in itself so flawed because it was created from, like, a template in Kirk's mind and uh, an awareness of history that was... Incomplete. Uh, in, uh, yeah, admittedly incomplete and inaccurate, you know? Yeah. So it's like, you know, and, and okay, we've established, like, in episodes like Arena that Kirk is familiar with, like, chemistry and stuff like that. But who's to say that, uh, that, that the <laughs> Melkotians, like, you know, recreated all the elements of this town in exactly that, uh, that right and accurate way, you know? It was a fantastic assumption on Spock's part, you know? And, uh, and I just think uh, from a scientific, uh, uh, from a logic standpoint, it was, uh, they were lucky. They got lucky because uh, I, I can't get behind uh, their, uh, their scientific process in that instance. Anyway, so those well, you you wanted uh, you wanted my answer. There, there, there's my answer. Yeah, those I are wa- the things about the episode that well, I find stupid. Okay, fine. Well, I wanted it in brief, but uh, <laughs> that, that, come I, on, you know me. That was all things considered. That was that was fairly brief. All right. Anyway, I, fight, fight, fight. I, I, I disagree. I like I I think that although other there are other plausible explanations, Spock was I think fairly you know close to the most probable, and he had ten minutes left to you know uh, try out his uh, you know his belief and. And that's. No, I mean, I mean, don't get me wrong. I, it I worked well was, for resolving I, it just in time for the, like, for the like, end of the episode. Like, but, like I don't know. think. I don't think it was. I think his his thing is more plausible than what you think. That they would just sort of like, you know, recreate certain things correctly and not other things correctly. I think it's a lot more plausible that. Uh, it like was, for instance, like, do you think uh, the chemical composition of those uh, facades was actually like wood and not just some kind of random material that looked like wood? You know. I think. I, Exactly. <laughs> yeah. No, but I think I think it was meant to recreate the world as uh, Kirk understood it. In which case, those things should have had a, a physical. Why reality. would you assume that? Why would you assume that to the because certainty that you would be able to put your life in that uh, in that situation? You know. <laughs> See, that seems like an awfully specific assumption. That's all. 
No. Anyway, okay, fine. Okay, we'll put aside this disagreement for the moment. Let's just right. go through the, some of the minor details of this episode. Okay, why did the Melkotian have a British voice? Um, hmm. All right, next question. Why <laughs> did... Okay, so what did you think? Uh, I, uh, this is going back to what they said before about history. Uh, and I thought that was, that was uh, a bit of a, uh, an unnecessary hiccup in the equation because, like, it was clear that they were, you know, transported to a place that was meant to resemble, in some ways, Tombstone, Arizona. But it was also 100% clear at all times that they were not actually in historical Tombstone, Arizona, on Earth. Yeah. And yet they kept saying the word history as though for some reason, like, because they were in that situation that uh, the history that was recorded was going to be absolutely inevitable, that there was, like, going to be no avoiding it, like some kind of, like, okay, you know, back I, to the future shenanigans. I thought that was entirely unhelpful. Okay, fine. And, I, and it's true, they did disregard that in time, that it's like, well, you know, because when they found out Chekhov dies, and where in the reality of the history, the character that Chekhov was sort of transplanted into survived, you know, then they were like, okay, so maybe it doesn't have to, you know, you know, exactly correspond to history. Why did they assume that to begin with? You know, well, that they were just very they, well arbitrary. Well, and look, they, they, random. They, look, an alien just told them they're going to die, and they and and then they get teleported to this thing, this place that looks like Tombstone, Arizona, and it's just sort of like fuck. They intend they, they intend history to go as it did. They weren't saying that you know this is a hundred percent what it's going to be, but it, it just seemed, sort of it like, just seemed weird to bring it up at all, you know, uh, because it seemed irrelevant. Such a jag. Okay. Uh, okay. Okay. Another thing. Did you find it weird how the town was essentially split between, you know, uh, both in terms of like who the people who wanted them alive and the people who wanted them dead, but also split between the people who were aware of the situation, and the people who weren't. Like the, when he goes to the, see the sheriff to like try and call off the the duel or whatever. Yeah. You know, the sheriff's like, oh come on, you know, you know, and he's like he you know, fights and argues with him, but he's clearly aware of the impending nature of the situation, right? Right. Whereas that woman who kept flirting with uh, Chekhov, by the way, that's another big thing of this episode, you know, Chekhov just can't yeah, keep yeah. it in his pants. Like, why was she so completely ignorant of what seemed to be like, you no, know, she, the writing on she the was, wall? She was always like, telling him, like, to get out of there and that he shouldn't be there and he was going to be killed. But, like, she was still like, oh, we, you know, we should make plans. You know, do you want to go to the big do you know, dance for me? And, like, maybe we should get married. Lady, you know, it's like, I don't know if you're familiar with the process of death is like after being shot. But it's usually impossible, or at least impractical, to get married and live a happy life after that, you know? So it's like, I just thought that was weird and, like, unnecessary. Apart from the fact that, like, you know, I appreciate what they were trying to do. Like, you know, throw some meat to, uh, to Chekhov and, you know, have him be, like, an interesting character. But, like, you know, just like... Um Help me. Is it what the other episode that I'm thinking of? Is it the apple where, uh, you know, with a Val where like the whole time, yeah, yeah, like, yeah, that one he's, he's Chekhov just, he's just like, it, anyway, it was, how it was the hell did thing. he make it through fucking, you know, uh, Starfleet Academy with, uh, with, with, with his brains planted firmly in his testicles like that? It's just, that's all he can think about is just the opposite sex. And like, it's, you know, it's just, all right. Well, uh, I mean, why doesn't he just do like, do like I did? <laughs> Anyway, so uh, yeah, so so the whole checkoff thing bugged me, but that's just like a minor quibble, you know. Okay, all right. Look, obviously, you know, you got up uh, got up on the wrong side of the bed today, because because this is an awesome episode, and I will <laughs> explain in brief why it is. All right. So it's so first of all, obviously, they're it's they they can't afford like you know fancy sets, and that's and the reason that they did this episode. Yeah, is, I like that. Yeah, so I like made, the fact that they they uh, utilize the surreality uh, of their uh, set design choices as yeah. a workaround for yeah. for their limited budget. That exactly. I appreciate it. Exactly, and as is our our way, we sometimes we refer to uh, Doctor Who episodes in a, in a negative way and sometimes in a positive way. As a as a <laughs> as a reference. As, as so a, I'm gonna say as, this is kind of like an a, example of yeah, like this is kind of uh, like a Doctor Who episode where shitty sets. Yeah, this is a Doctor Who episode where it's like crappy crappy sets, but you still have the whole play 
you know, happen in, the, in within those sets and it's still good. And the incompleteness about it kind of serves to draw attention to the coolness factor. Okay, but anyway, so I'll, let me go through some of the reasons I love this. So okay. first of all, I like the fact that they're that they're inserted into a world and they have to figure out, um, you know, its rules. Its rules. That's cool. That's fun, and it's and it's Agreed. also time. It's also time limit limited. They're going to be dead by a certain time. Second, um, I mean, I know this is just happenstance that they happen to be in an era when uh, westerns were like a big deal. Uh-huh. But it fits, and presumably because it comes from that era, but it fits so fucking well for Star Trek. Uh, the uh, all the elements of a western. Because uh, I mean, Roddenberry intended it that, intended it that way. He intended it to be wagon train to the stars or whatever term he used. Mm-hmm. But it just fits. It just fits like really well, like the um, stoicism and uh, being in the frontier uh, and uh, and just having to be fucking tough. Yeah. No, I think that's how I thought of it. Yeah, uh, that, that's my understanding. So, but but anyway, I think that is is up for debate. But anyway, well, anyway. But anyway, so I think it works. It's like it works really well. Um, and uh, okay, so then I like the fact that uh, that. Well, I, I guess I just like the Western elements. I like I like the bad guys. The bad guys are awesomely. The bad uh, guys are awesome. Yeah, uh, and and it makes me it makes me think that like, um, you know, like 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 you feel uh, I f- I feel like it, it kind of reminds me of like posturing in high school. Uh, the way you have to act in like in like the old west, you know, to like sort of uh, act tough and try and get the other guy to back down uh, and constantly threaten violence. So it reminded you of your tumultuous and violent uh, childhood <laughs> in high school. No, but I'm just thinking this would be like really good. Like watching an old western would be fucking good training uh, to be the tough kid in school. Cause but it's you like, did watch Star Trek as a child, and did you find it served you well? <laughs> did you find yourself to be the tough? I, did, kid I in watched high Star Trek, not westerns. Oh, I see. Sorry. So. Um. <laughs> But no, but like it's 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 uh, it's like it's tribal. It's really tribal. Like the rules that apply in westerns, where you know you you have to. Uh, Life is cheap. Violence is everywhere. Well, no, no, but it's it's that it's that it's it's you know in the same way that an animal has to like intimidate, you have to intimidate in all kinds of ways. Anyway, I, I like that element. Um, because it reminds you of high school. But anyway, but then anyway, then just just beyond that, like so. Uh, I, I like the, I like the fact that that they you know they did they were active as soon as they got there they're like okay let's establish the rules. Um, Kirk tried you know like three or four uh, ways to get out of it they all failed uh, and then they tried uh, you know cr- recreating an um, you know uh, using the chemistry that they knew to like try and make like a, a weapon Which, and and, and uh, uh, that I always like because yeah. I always like any opportunity where like you know you've got that situation where like quote unquote futuristic people are transplanted into the past and they're like all right. Let's just be calm about this and let's use our future abilities to like yeah. fucking, you know, like to nuke these primitive cavemen, you know? Yeah. And like granted it doesn't work, but I still appreciate that that was their line of thinking. Yeah. But it, and, and anyway, I like that they just like they, they ran through a lot of different options and they basically like did. I can't think of any way that they could have been more efficient. What about well, what do you think about the fact that Kirk and and the rest of them seemed so utterly convinced that they would die because they're they're not as good gunfighters as them? What, uh, what do you think about that? You mean the fact that they, at no point where they just sort of like... Uh, 
at no point did they did they take their confidence of like 23rd century like you know spacefarers as like having the necessary wits or coordination to be able to master an admittedly foreign weapon in well, like think, a series of hours to the point where you know well no it's like, like how like, are, are they that different from phasers i no, mean no, if no, anything no, 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 the on. sighting system is better for like a revolver you know you can well, stare down the iron sights yeah, i mean no, I like what, what you're they, asking you're asking like why didn't they just sort of like why like, did they think they would be so outmatched yeah. in a straight gunfight well like you know i mean they did eventually like like when they realized that they that their tricks weren't going to work they were eventually sort of like all right i guess we'll just have to fucking fight them but uh, I think they correctly surmised. Well, they're like, okay, so this alien has these aliens have put us here. You know, we're obviously not going to be any match for for you know so you renowned thought, gunmen. You thought it was an assumption that it was the, an assumption, the, the aliens a, would make them like superhuman killing machines, not, or like no, not, uh, not or at least that, supernaturally skilled gunfighters. Not fighters? that, but that like the obvious. You know, the obvious thing is is likely to fail. So they weren't going to be able to shoot their way out of it. If you assumption. were put into that situation and an alien told you you were going to die. You would reason logically that that to just follow the obvious course of action will lead to your death, and you have to change the fair enough. But change, what is change the, the what is even the rules uh, of the game. what even what is even a slight slight variation on that? Like, what if they just like set up an ambush in yeah. like the barn? You know, yeah, like no, they didn't true. think about doing like no, something like did. that or like. Well, I mean, they would have gotten there, but I mean, they were trying like other avenues beforehand. True, but they uh, didn't. They didn't exhaust their tactical uh, potentials, is what I'm saying. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, exactly. They could have. They could have just been like. like have a fortified position or like, yeah. you know, use fire, you know, I mean, yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. But anyway, that would have failed if, if they'd done that, you especially think? if they put their eggs in that basket because, well, yeah, because they get just teleported right in, in the open in the OK Corral at the end. Who could have teleported the bad guys? Well, no, like when they when they're like, we're not going to leave this bar. That's like their last game. Oh, yeah, yeah. And then it and then it put them to where they needed to be. Basically. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, it was all about just like like figuring out the rules of of the game, and I th- I thought they did so brilliantly. Okay, let's get into minutia because. <laughs> <laughs> all right. <laughs> okay. All right. Um... <laughs> are you thinking about stuff, or do you want me to just? Uh, yeah. Are you sure? You, keep you, keep you, pontificating on no, what I'm just, I liked just, or didn't like. No, I'm just I, I'm just saying what uh, what, I, what I wrote down. But, but I guess I guess most of my enjoyment or the, the sort of humorous parts in this episode were just Kirk. Uh, surprise surprise yeah so like i like the fact that when he uh when he's like like so his first avenue is just sort of like he's like oh maybe i can convince these people that we're not really the clantons and i like that too i like how he goes like through the exhaustive through the thing that you know uh in its uh, in any attempt is going to be futile yeah. but it's still it was the picard thing to do of try reason try logic try diplomacy yeah and exhaust that even if you know going into it that you're going to look slightly silly yeah but yeah he, and, 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 and I, he, I i appreciate that and he, and kirk gives like a seriousness and an intensity to like anything you know other people would would be like okay this guy obviously doesn't understand me but kirk is like you know shaking him and he's like he's like he's like he's like, do like you yeah, do. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> he's getting super intense and it, and it like it's the best when he goes to the uh the sheriff uh i really enjoy that scene because it's like you know, you're getting close. Were they getting close to the the, the because, hour of their because, death? Because the, he, sheriff the sheriff is absolutely just as adamant. Yeah, he's, at, uh, as, he's as adamant. Kirk is he's in like, the opposite exactly, direction. Exactly, exactly. And Kirk's trying to convince him that he doesn't want to fight, and 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 the other guy doesn't even believe him because. Yeah, yeah. And, and, yeah, and what's Kirk good. yelling? He's like, he's like, he's like, I cannot kill them, and he like, he's like shaking the guy, and he goes, kill them anywhere you can. I just like the intensity of that scene. Um. Yeah. What else? I guess there's some some good interactions between the uh, the the characters. Uh, Chekhov is like you're like you were saying he's a bit of a throwaway here, but not um, a throwaway, but like just kinda, wow, he he does not. He doesn't really interact with the other guys. He he doesn't he doesn't uh, give a very uh, 
a complimentary view of uh, of like a Starfleet officer, you know? It's like he, yeah. he spends zero time trying to confront the reality of the situation, and he's basically just like entirely, he uses any excuse to like chat up the female lo- uh, locals, uh, even though potentially it's like, you know, he's, he's going to die in two hours. He didn't see, anyway, whatever. I'm just ragging on checkup. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Walter. Yeah, I know it's um, not your fault. So, so a good interaction with Spock. I like the fact that they said, like, uh, you know, that they come down. They, the, the, Scotty and McCoy come down hard on Spock for uh, not showing any emotion after. Uh, oh yeah, after Chekhov after dies. Chekhov yeah, dies. that was good. And then Kirk say, like, "Oh, you guys forget that he's, he's he's half human," and they're like, "Oh, sorry, Spock," or at least you know, that was implied. They implied, were like implied. Sorry, Spock. Like, and oh, then, uh, all right. And then later on, um, probably quite rare in the series, but uh, Spock uh, compliments um, McCoy, McCoy, saying, calling him ingenious. I like that. I like the fact that Spock is the one who ultimately finds the the sort of answer to the, in this one, as opposed to uh, Kirk, because uh, because at one point well, Spock like, normally does, and 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 if and if Kirk uh, comes up with with you know it, in in most cases I'm willing to go out you know without doing like a, a formal scientific survey I think it's mostly Spock, and if anything Spock like hand feeds the solution to Kirk and like dumbs it down for him, and Kirk like finally like maybe a minute or two after Spock grasps the obvious like anti you know like he'll he, like he'll finally get there, but usually yeah. it's Spock who comes up with it. Yeah, yeah, you know you you are right, but 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 actually you know, in this case um, they, they all just play their sort of their roles well. Like Spock, Spock has sort of realized something, and he's trying to explain it to 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 Kirk, and Kirk's like the point is Spock the 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 gas grenade doesn't work. We need another goddamn weapon. And anyways, I, I just like the fact that he's he's still on that tangent, and Spock has sort of like arrived at the answer. Um, I like I like the uh, I I do even though you know you foolishly don't like the sort of uh, solution to this this uh, sort of problem that they're in. It's not that I don't like I the do solution; like it, it's that I don't like how the methodology at? that Fine. Spock came the, uh, that Spock Fine. allowed but, Spock but, to come but, to that but, conclusion. But one thing that's that's cool about this is uh, is is it's like a fun thing to imagine. So I mean, yes, basically, this the, is true. The, the the rule of the game is that if you believe that it that and, and they do the exact same thing in the Matrix, uh-huh. where if you get killed in the Matrix, you die in real life. Doesn't make a whole lot of sense, except that those, that those I think it the, makes perfect sense. Well, okay. Anyway, whatever. Those those are the rules, um, and this thing came up with it first, and it's like a really cool thing to think about um, because at the end. You know, there's, there's quite a bit of tension as you get towards there's the end. There's the creeping idea that and then, and any then, single doubt will kill you and that the, the human impossibility of living yeah. without uh, doubt. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I, I, th- I think that's an awesome idea because, uh, when I, you know, I, I, can, I can vaguely remember first watching this. And I, I like the fact that, like, uh, McCoy gives voice to what you're thinking. You're thinking, that, like, man, could I do it? No, and nobody and, could. And yeah. nobody could. Yeah. And he actually says nobody could. They could, have, they could have written an easy answer to the end of this episode and just been like, oh, yeah, you're right. It yeah, is just, all fake. Yeah. And then they just sort of like, you know, the bullets go through them. Uh, but I like the fact that they're like, no, there's always going to be some sort of doubt. Like it's impossible to like, you know, really be 100% certain so much that you don't kill yourself. Yeah, agreed. Even though like, I, and again, I like the way that was explained, even though given the scene with the gas grenade, like a scene earlier, it makes no sense because, you know, because why yeah. would, why was Scotty not affected by the thing that he presumably assumed would affect him, you know? Again, unless, unless him being drunk was like, you know, <laughs> And again, well, like, yeah. why did, you know, like, and so like, uh, well, in terms I mean, of I, its, I, it, no, their, I mean, their respective uh, yeah. effects on the human body, why did the, uh, uh, the scotch uh, that uh, Scotty drank work, but the, uh, you know, the anesthetic he inhaled did not work, you know? Yeah, but I, to me, to me, that, that, that's just because the rules of the game were no weapons except the guns we gave you. Really? Okay. But that's, that's an assumption that's not. Uh, yeah, but it's a logical assumption. I think everything yeah, was logical in this episode. All right. <laughs> 
Um, what about the final scene at the end, the con- the uh, confrontation? Fuck fun. I like that because you know you, you know you can have these these episodes that are just uh, sort of like an intellectual game, uh, and they're fun and all. But uh, it's, it's, would you it's, like seeing stuff blown up? I, I, well, yeah, I like I like I like having the release of like a good fist fight, and um, <laughs> I do like the fact that you know they, everyone like uh, everyone accepts the fact that if it was a gunfight. They're fucked. But as soon as the guns are out of the equation, Kirk is like, "Well, I know, I know, I, I can go back." Now to, it's my time to yeah, shine. Exactly. Now it's my time to shine. And he gives him like a ridiculous uh, flying uh, double, uh, you know, like a flying leap kick into the guy's chest, uh, and then starts wailing on him, and that's satisfying. Although, what, so what do you think of the dichotomy between like you know uh, Kirk's like uh, eventual and inevitable? sort of like, uh, you know, uh, uh, pacifistic, conscientious, subjector stand of like, I won't do it, when like a second before he was like wailing on him, you know? Uh, it's, uh, yeah, actually, actually, actually that, that, that for me was the only sort of weakness in the episode was, was that it wasn't the fact, like it should have just been the fact that they, they were logical and they reasoned their way out of the trap. That should have been why the Melkosians were like cool with them at the end. But they were like they were, they were like oh you weren't violent but I don't yeah know, exactly like, I mean, they were a bit violent they you were know? quite violent and like uh, <laughs> and and also even if he'd killed that guy it shouldn't have mattered because he knew that that guy wasn't real exactly yeah a hundred percent and like and what do you think the whole idea of like you know yet again again I, I'm not gonna take a tally of the episodes in which this happens in but it's like I have I have an idea that it's like a fair amount of like once again they're being judged by some completely opaque or arbitrary uh, set of conditions or circumstances by an alien race with like a foreign code of like conduct yeah. that like is able to basically scan their brains and, and you know, presumably, you know, scan everyone's fucking brains on the whole ship and like maybe all their data banks and get like a complete history of their, uh, their yeah, world so, so and, and still put them through the paces of like, now we shall judge you. It's like, why, why do they have to put them through the fucking lab experiment uh, like rats in a maze if they can just like divine that answer anyway? If, I mean, if only for the, uh, the, the, re- the reason that both you and I know is because like these aliens just get off on like, you know, fucking with lower life forms for like basically no reason. And like, and, and the thing that eventually happened, you know, it's like, whatever they, so they pass the test or whatever. They yeah. find a non ish violent way of resolving the situation. And after that, the Melcott's like, <laughs> sorry about trying to kill you before. It's all forgiven. Now you can come to our planet and we'll be friends, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's like, you know, it, like, doesn't that seem like uh, a, just a little bit, uh, you know, a little bit, a little bit lame, and and also something like you know keeps happening again and again. A little bit, a little bit too like you know. Yeah, I mean, I mean, the only other one I can think of where that happens is uh, with um, Baylock. Baylock, yeah, exactly. I mean, but Baylock, Baylock, it's because he only knew a little bit about them, and it was only afterwards that he like fully like read all their all their sort of data banks. I mean, yeah, I guess so. But like the point is, even in 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 the corp maneuver, um, uh, corp maneuver, you know, I could I could get behind uh, you know Baylock's rationale for that, even if once again it's just like an area of like a potentially super powerful alien who's like fucking with them for basically no reason. Like maybe science, but maybe also just for kicks, you know? And don't get me wrong. I, I'm not judging them. In the, it's like, that's probably what I would do too, right? Yeah. But it's like, it's just, uh, yeah, it doesn't, it doesn't really reinforce my idea of like some kind of like, you know, uh, the, the, the morals uh, or like, you know, the, the, uh, the, the, the super intelligent inhuman logic of like otherwise what what is otherwise like some kind of fucking formless energy being in space you know it's like it's still it's 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 a weird kind of thing i mean just like uh, you know okay what was the what was the planet that uh, doomed uh, you know that sent uh, kirk uh, to fight the gorn you know same kind of thing you know 
It's like uh, it's basically uh, the... it's basically just the alien equivalent of like taking two bees and putting them in a jar and then shaking the jar, you know? Yeah, but I mean, Campbell, that, that that's what's fun about Star Trek. It's it's like it's like when... <laughs> it's fun, but it doesn't make a lot of sense. Is what I'm saying. Yeah, but it's 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 all about like understanding yourself, and so they get them getting tested all this time. I like all that stuff. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um. Yeah. So I mean, just a couple more things I like about the episode. Uh. I I, I like. Uh, I like the fact that that they didn't try and make the the world complete. I like the fact that there was, for instance. There was just like a clock floating in the air. Yeah, I like that. Uh, that was fun. Like it was, it was just spooky. And like the lines that the, um, uh, not the Clantons, were the opposite, the the, the, Earps, the Earps. Whether the lines that the Earps gave like were awesome. Well, I, Doc Holliday gave one awesome line where he said, you know, like, uh, yeah, sure, you take this medicine, take 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 my bag, and then he's like, but you better be gone at five o'clock because at five o one there's gonna be a hole in your head right from this gun. I don't know. They just 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 delivered like so. Uh, with such seriousness, such earnestness, I and I, slowness, which and you totally ruined just now. But yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Do, do, do you think it's interesting to note that uh, that uh, I don't know about uh, the whole crew, but at least uh, Bones was in uh, two other adaptations. Uh, sorry, uh, DeForest was in two other adaptations of uh, uh, the Gunfight of the OK Corral, and uh, oh, well, he was in he was in an actual western on it. He was he was in two separate oh. uh, Western movies that were actually actually that. That, that throws me to like one other point uh, I, sh- I should make about this episode and, and like a bunch of episodes in Star Trek and sci-fi in general because they all they all do it with time travel and other sort of contrivances, but like I've said before, people like episodes about Nazis because they're like visceral, they're emotional. There's like already a world built for you, uh, and like I mean okay, and like, no, and, but... and, 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 no, and you take something like the OK Corral, it's like it's like a beautiful legend. It's like a, an Earth legend. We love it. Are you sure? Yes. Are you sh- are you just speaking for yourself? No, I, like I mean, they. Do you uh, want me to tell you my thoughts? <laughs> <laughs> you, can, you can say no. <laughs> no, but Campbell, like what I'm saying is like, as like sci-fi has the opportunity to do this shit, and they should be punished if they don't. I and, see. And, and and I like the fact that that, that Toss took so every like, opportunity. So like like so, they visit. So, so you like, visit you the, like Romans, the fact that they 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 they, the they, stuff, they, the they use that, historical and cultural touchstones. All the stuff that fascinates us. That is that. I mean, there's no fucking harm in putting that in an episode. And uh, and like, I mean, okay, fine, but I never like it when you use the word us. You know that. <laughs> I think we we're probably from different planets. Um. Yeah. Lucy, so I, think, uh, I think I think I think that's about all I got, all I got in the episode. Do you want to know what my dad thought of uh, the OK Corral? Sure. <laughs> uh, so my dad, quite famously, was was always like utterly disdainful of uh, the American Hollywood mythos of like the old west. Yeah. And 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 it's not though like he never watched westerns or whatever because well I mean as you know he was Scottish and all Scottish people love westerns. I did not know that. You didn't really. Kind of makes um, sense. It's I I don't know why it makes sense but it's it's well like they're some in a sort of, of rugged weird... they're supposed to be in a rugged country and probably can. See a bit of themselves there. All right, fine, go on. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Possibly, Russians too. I don't know why. Uh, so anyway, so so like uh, I just find it interesting that that in addition to at least having disdain for the uh, for what he thought was like the the overly glamorized uh, myth of the old west, he had particular disdain for all of the accounts of the the OK Corral because because it was like uh, near as anyone can tell, it's like the single. Uh, greatest and most famous, uh, like uh, gunfight in the old west, right? Yeah. And and it was like, 
uh, you know, uh, to hear uh, him tell it, and like, you know, I guess you can look up the actual historical, you know, data, but it's like it was a complete non-event. No, it I was t- like I have, it was I total. It, it was a non-event. Like a bullshit. Like it was. Yeah, it was. It was. Well, it was like because... a totally. Yeah, it was like a huge, you know, historical drama that was like, you know, made from nothing. You know, it was just like yeah. not nearly as dramatic as it was made to seem. Anyway, so. I know. I mean, that's the unfortunate thing is it's the best we have from that era. So, I don't know if it's the best we have, but it's like it's just. No, you it know. is. It is. Yeah, you know, and like. And like it was if you just actually, a weird thing. You no, know, like, it's true. And if you actually read uh, like about like Doc Holliday and stuff like that, you know, he was supposed to be like a legendary, you know, guy who who killed tons of people. But like the actual documented kills he has, it's like four people. Yeah, and that's you know, I guess that's par for the course for yeah. For, and the for other any thing American is, hero. the other thing is, yeah, yeah, the Americans they they've made heroes out of the Earps. Um, but because of this episode, I, I was like, I, I grew up not being sure who the hell the heroes were supposed to be. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, because the Clantons are the heroes in this in this version. Well, it's weird, right? Because like, by, sometimes know. the Americans, you know, I guess it makes sense given the context. I mean, that history is always written by the victors. But it's like there, there's a weird thing of like sometimes, sometimes uh, Americans mythologize, you know, authority and the lawman. Yeah. But sometimes they mythologize, you know, the, uh, you know, the rebels or yeah, the like, outlaws. Like Butch or, Cassidy uh, and the Sundance Kid. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's interesting that it's like, yeah. you know, it's, 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 but anyway, uh, it's played for different, it's, it's but anyway, so, 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 so yeah, like I, I applaud any, any toss episode where they take like, uh, you know, a beautiful legend and they, and they, and they entertain us with it. Have you ever seen, I'm sorry for even asking this. Have you ever seen, have you ever seen uh, the movie Tombstone? Yes, I have. What did you think about it? <laughs> um, yeah, well, so, like, again, like, the actual, like, shootout at the OK Corral lasts about, like, five minutes in the movie. Uh, and then they've got to build this whole movie around it, and they do, and they manage to build, like, a three-hour movie. And it's, it's pretty good, though, eh? I mean, you know, come on. Yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, basically, Val Kilmer was good, and everything yeah, else all right. was... Yeah, all right. I'm glad we both came to the conclusion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but, yeah, no, I mean, I mean, uh, and I guess another thing, just as a kid... And again, this harkens back to my my analogy between westerns and high school, but um, that's interesting. But no, we just explore this further. No, but just like you know, for instance, in the movie Tombstone, um, being able to like stare down people and not flinch and being uh, unafraid, those are like they're just considered cool, which is why the characters who you know display those characteristics are just cool. And I think it's I think it's true in life, you know. Uh, <laughs> I'm there's more to unpack there but uh, I don't I don't think we're uh, we're suited to do it now so we'll have to put a pin in that and come back to it later yeah so I'm I'm, I'm satisfied with our analysis um, at least mine uh, the <laughs> I like the craggy faces on the uh, the guys who play the um, the herbs uh-huh. just continuing the tradition and toss of having uh, people with pockmarked you know heavily worn faces appearing I don't. I don't think that was that was necessarily like uh, a specific artistic choice. But I mean, you know, I think I think that's because like skincare products were just not as advanced uh, back in the days they are now. But I could be wrong. And what did uh, I've also got here? Like, what did you think about at, like at the end for like uh, the warning boy that scared them off to begin with? Why he just like like spins around and explodes for no reason? What was uh, what was the point of that? Didn't that just seem kind of stupid to you? Yeah, it did. Expediency. Like what? Yeah, like why? Like, why did they include that? It seemed, yeah, it yeah. seemed random and unnecessary. Yeah, it doesn't matter. Um, okay, give us the IMDb uh, facts that you pulled, and then let's, uh, let's shut this mother down. Ah, shit. Uh, apart from uh, DeForest uh, having already appeared in, in two other, uh, potentially three, he was, he was, he was going to appear in a third adaptation, but he, was, he had a scheduling conflict with Star Trek. Uh, apart from that, uh, the Good only minutia. thing that I got is like, 
I don't know. The the IMDb stuff was like in this episode, uh, James Dewey parts his hair in a different way, so like, <laughs> stuff like that. And and the fact that uh, the guy who played uh, Morgan Earp uh, was uh, was the same uh, that uh, that freaky looking bald guy in from Star Trek, uh, Star Trek Five, Five yeah. who uh, who says to Cyborg, "You're a Vulcan," or something like that. And then he's starts like, laughing. And he goes, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. kind of likes. To, anyway, so he's, he's just that guy. You yes, know, with, yes, that, that, that's that, what I was going. So for. that's his. That's his. Uh, that's his Star Trek. Uh, lineage, as it were. Okay. Anyway, so that was uh, Spectre of the Gun, and so so like I said, I I did enjoy it, but I did think elements of it were stupid, but it does, however, hit that uh, that uh, checkbox of being Star Trekky as hell. Okay. It's over. Ah, nice work. I think somewhat brief, all things considered. Fucking, what was that? The last one we You have been listening to The Red Hour, a Star Trek podcast with Rusi Kapadia and Colin Campbell.